Hello and welcome back to the Alphology 2 podcast. How are you doing? Hope you're doing well and enjoying your quarantine. Hope you're making the most of the time to yourself and the time off, off work or at least going to work. You may notice, you may be watching this on YouTube. If you are, uh, well you'll know that it's back on YouTube. I thought I'd start videoing the podcast again, but who knows if that's going to work. I'm, I'm, you know, this might be a one-off, but who knows. If you are listening to the podcast and you want to watch it on YouTube, uh, you can. You know, It will be on YouTube. You might have to wait a couple of days after the release on podcast platforms because it just takes a while, but yeah, it will be there. Anyway, anyway, bit of a special treat for you this week bit of a special episode, as opposed to the usual sort of ideas thing, I'm going to tell you about me, yes, right, it's a fucking treat, you get to hear about me, and what I'm like, and what I've done, um, no, the treat is, is that I'm going to tell you nearly all of my embarrassing sex stories, so nearly all of the awkward things that happened to me, during my pursuit of love and lust, <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you. So, uh, yeah, disclaimers before we get in. First of all, no names. If I can, these people are not going to be able to be identifiable. I'm telling stories about people sort of without their consent. So uh, if, if there's any story where people are identifiable, I've either changed their names or a slight detail or I'm just not telling it. There are a couple that people who know me will say, well, you're not telling that one. I go, yeah, I know, but people will be very easily identifiable from that story. So I'm trying not to do that. And the other disclaimer is that, it, you know, you have the opportunity to switch this off now. You know, if if you're my mum, for example, or a member of my family, or just somebody who doesn't want to hear about the things that I've been up to in that regard during the last, well, few years, then switch off now you you've had ample time to, to realize what this is going to be about and switch it off uh one final disclaimer because i've de-identified all of the the women in this story it, it it's just going to sound like i'm objectifying them like i'm talking about them like they're objects it's a natural consequence of talking about people without using their names or, or anything about them or, you know, trying to get their identity secrets. So if it does sound like I'm objectifying, I am, and there's a reason for that. It's not because I'm awful. Although, as you will learn over the next, I guess, half an hour or so, I actually am awful. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway. So, uh, look, we're going to get straight into it. So this is your last opportunity to switch off if you're related to me. We're going to go straight in. If, if you could see or hear me laughing, it's because I'm finding this so uncomfortable. I, I'm really struggling to get these words out. Even writing them down, even writing the list of the stories I'm going to tell made me cringe. And uh, there, there'll be things in here which I think even like nobody knows, like this first one. <laughs> if people do know this, it's gonna, uh, this is going to come back to mind. Maybe people are going to mock me for this. Uh, the first time I ever sexually touched a girl i was a teenager yeah like i'd like to point out that i started early as well i was a young teenager 
when this happened. I was not, you know, like 19 or anything. The first time I ever sort of sexually touched a girl, I just in my pants. <laughs> oh, God. It feels refreshing to tell somebody, even if it's nobody, and if it's strangers, and if like, the people are, I'm, I'm listening to, even the girl didn't know, I had to like leave and go and like sort it out. I would have been, I reckon I was like 13, 13 years old, and oh, fuck me. Maybe even younger than that. I might have even been 12. I'm not even sure if there was actual jizz, but you know, I, I went through the process to get there. And yeah, that, that's what happened the first time I, uh, I, I sexually touched a girl. Luckily, she wasn't sexually touching me, otherwise that would have been fucking, fucking awkward. And, and then, it, it, like, it never happened again. Like, after that, like, I was fine. I was absolutely, you know, absolutely grand. Uh, you know, but just that first time, I think my body just wasn't expecting it, and it just, I just went off. <laughs> oh. Good times. Good times. Um so yeah, now we've got that bombshell out. It's probably actually the worst one. That's the one that I'd be really like awkward about. Um oh no, actually, there's some pretty horrible ones. Okay, so another one. Um oh sorry, sorry, something I I meant to say before I got into this. Uh, maybe, you know, it sort of gives this 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 podcast a point, is that I often find that, that men, when they talk about sex, like that they sort of need to make out like they're a sex god. Like that they they you know there's all this bravado about being like uh, amazing at sex and being able to last for two hours and having a fucking enormous cock. Right? And I'm just here to prove that like sex goes wrong. I'm okay at sex, you know. Like I'm not exactly like the fucking. I don't know who's a famous male called James Dean. Not exactly James Dean. He's a rapist, isn't it? No, that's a bad example. No, because I'm not him. No, I'm not James Dean. There we go. Um, yeah, like um, yeah, but I'm okay at sex, right? You know, like solid, solid performer. Uh, I, I, I reckon I've had sex probably five hundred times, probably give or take. But. There's no need to make out that it doesn't go wrong from time to time. And of course it does. Like, it doesn't matter. Even if you are a sex god, from time to time, it's still going to go wrong. And I'm here to demonstrate that there is no bravado and, you know, that this this sort of stuff does happen to, I hope, everybody. <laughs> Although some of these, they can't happen to everybody because they're just bizarre. They're just bizarre. Anyway, I'll go to the second, the second of my embarrassing sex stories. It's not really embarrassing, this one. I don't really remember too much about it. Um, or I don't remember too much about how it happened. I certainly remember the next morning. So I was about oh, 17, 18. I was at sick form. So I was still at school. But like, nearly finished school. Oh, no. No. It would have been before that. I'd have been, I reckon I was, seven, I was 17 when this happened. Sort of. In, still in sick form, but maybe not, not just towards the end. Maybe just halfway through sick form. So I was about 17. I look old, in case you didn't know. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll just tell that I look old. I'm 25 years old, if you're watching this, and you can see me. I know I have a, like a, bit, like a bit of facial hair and long hair at the moment, which makes me look even older. That's just quarantine laziness. But yeah, I look old anyway. I always have. I've looked 30. I've looked sort of early 30s since I was about 15. So I had no problem getting to nightclubs. And I was in a nightclub, and I met this girl, 
and I ended up going back to hers. She was about like 27 or something. She, she was old in comparison to me at the time. She didn't know that I was like a teenager. And um, I went back to hers and, you know, we, we did the thing. And uh, I woke up the next morning and uh, she's like, where do you live? And I said, oh, I, I live with my parents, which which was true. I live with my mum. And she said, uh, okay, well, what are you doing today? And I thought, fuck, like, she wants to spend time with me. Like, I really, really don't want to spend time with her. So I was like, oh, no, I'm just going to go home and chill, you know, I'm not, not going to do anything, but it's going to be a bit shit because it's not my mum's house and she lives in the middle of nowhere, which is true. And yeah, there's just no food because we live in the middle of nowhere. There's no, there's nowhere to like, like food shops. So like, I'm just going to be sitting there. I can't, we've only got really toast to eat. It's going to be boring. Basically just I discourage her from coming with me. I know, I know I could have just said no, but I was awkward about it. So I, I didn't. Um, and she says, oh, it's so you, you haven't got any food at home. And I was like, oh, no, nah, it's going to be terrible. Like, it's probably living in the countryside, you know, there's not really, really a lot of access to, to amenities. She said, oh, well, you can't go hungry. So <laughs> when I left, she gave me a packet of smoked salmon to take with me. So I got home. I, I think oh, I might have even gone back to school in the meantime. This might have been a week there. I can't remember. I, yeah, I think I did because I think I I think I might have showed the salmon <laughs> to a friend of mine. Um, and I, I I got back and I said uh, I thought you know like it was true we didn't have any food and I remember eating the salmon thinking this is this is great this this I, like I've profited from from this sexual encounter like, I've not just had sex which you know for a bloke like me it's fucking few and far between I can tell you that I've managed to make some salmon out of it. Yeah, I've, 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 and smoked salmon's fucking nice, expensive stuff, dude. It was, it was class. It was class. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, one night stand, gave me salmon, never saw her again. We'll move on. We'll move on. Um, okay, so this is quite, quite a convoluted story. It's quite a long one. And um, what you need to understand here, and it's very hard not to identify the person, it, it's, it's a girl, right? And I, I met her when I was young. I met her when I was about 11 or 12. And we had a bit of a complicated relationship over the years. You know, we used to fight a lot. But ultimately, we clicked. You know, we were fighting about stuff that was difficult. We we were fighting, but, like, it was sort of another guise of respect, I guess. And eventually, we, we became very good friends. But I sort of always fancied her a little bit. I sort of always, I always liked her. I always thought that, one day, you know, once all the, the the complicatedness of being at school together was over, we could sort of make things happen. And and, and that was the case. We were supposed to go out, sort of me, this girl, and one other person. We, we were all in like a, a friendship trio. And we were supposed to go out with, with, with the three of us, and one of us couldn't make it. So, so it was just the two of us, and I was thinking, you know, this is great. Anyway, we, we got really drunk, really drunk. You know, we, we were friends and we were drinking together and she, she couldn't drive. So I texted my mum. I was living with my mum at this point. Again, I'm, I'm, I was probably, I reckon I was 18 at this point, maybe 19. And my mum comes and picks us up and, 
you know, this girl's supposed to stay in the spare room, but uh, I go into the spare room with her and I I kissed her in the spare room. It was a drunken thing. And um, we, we end up sort of climbing into bed together and thinking like, yeah, I'm in here. This is great. We get to the point where we are both in bed together, naked. And I'm thinking, you know, at this point, at this point, I'm thinking, I'm going to get laid here. And then she's like, nah, sorry, I don't want to. Oh, oh fuck. You know, that's a r- real figurative and almost literal kick in the bollocks. And so I'm like, mate, we're, we're naked in bed together and we've been kissing a lot and you, you don't want to like have sex with me. She's like, oh, no. I think it would ruin our friendship. And do you really want to ruin our friendship for one night of sex? And I was sort of like, you really don't want me to answer that question because yes, I absolutely do. I, like at this at this exact moment in time, I'm drunk, naked. You're naked. Yes, I would perfectly happily throw our long-term friendship away uh, for, for this sex. Anyway, she said, no, look, I'm digging my heels in. I don't, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not doing it. We're not having sex. So I'm a gentleman to a degree. And I said, okay, that's, that, that's fine. And, um, oh, sorry. I've just, just remembered something which I wasn't going to say, but I'll, I'll tell you. She got up and left in the morning. We, we were in bed together naked the, the entire night. All right. The entire night. I didn't go back to my room. She's in the spare room. She gets up, she leaves in the morning. Fair enough. And I feel very sexually frustrated. So I went to go and, let's say, relieve that sexual frustration. And (laughs) when I was relieved, at the point of relief, I shot it over my own head. (laughs) Over my own head, onto the pillow above my head. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. That was, I reckon that would be my record distance over my, over my own head. Spunk on the pillow. Amazing. Anyway, this story is not finished. Six months go by, right? And I'm sort of still working on it. Eventually we end up in a pub drunk and she kissed me in the pub drunk. I'm thinking, yes, this is great. But the time wasn't, wasn't right. So I arranged to see her the next week and I'm thinking, yes, this is on. This is on. Finally, finally, after the initially being turned down. She's finally came, and she was. She was. We went out. We we went back to, to to my house, and we 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 did, we did the deed. However, this is where it gets slightly embarrassing. As if the first bit wasn't embarrassing, this bit is even more embarrassing. Earlier that year, I had been to a festival, and there was a sexual health tent, and it was free condoms. So I literally had a bag, a rucksack, and I. I had gone into the sexual health tent and I'd opened the rucksack and swept the free condoms into the rucksack. So I had like, I don't know, a hundred condoms. I don't know where they are. Like, I, I, I guarantee you I haven't used them all. They must have been left at my mum's house when I moved out. Anyway, I put one on, right? It's just like, it's just, just a struggle to get it on. It, it just was, it just, it just wasn't working. And But I managed, you know, I managed to like squeeze it over, like, get it on and halfway through she said and we started doing it and she said yeah Alfie what are you doing I said what do you mean what am I doing am I doing anything wrong she said 
yeah, you're not, you're not in. And I'm like, oh, I thought I was. Uh, What had happened, as I discovered the next morning when I reviewed the pack, I had put an extra small condom on. I don't think it was extra small. I think it was just small. So small and, you know, and it's elastic. You know, latex is elastic, isn't it? So you can get it on, right? You can put them over your head. But it just, like, it it was just too tight. And I think it, like, cut off some of the blood the blood flow. So I wasn't exactly standing to full attention. and I couldn't feel anything. So I was therefore hammering away. And in the end, was like, this just isn't working. I didn't know it was the condom at the time. I just thought that... I was having a bad sex time and we had to stop. So we, we stopped and we had the, the, the evening asleep. Uh, I woke up in the morning and, and I, I looked at the condom wrapper on the floor and it said like, it was, I guess it's called like a slim gym or something. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, right. That'll be why. And I thought, right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll try this again. So I had work that day. This was on a weekday. And I said to her, like, oh, okay, so why don't you come and get in the shower with me? And my room had an ensuite shower. So we go into my room, go into the shower, and... <laughs> oh, fuck. And uh, in the shower, it's all going it's all going great, right? All going fantastically well. And in the end, I've sort of dragged her out of the shower. Dragged her out of the shower. That sounds wrong. We have come out the shower together, uh, willingly, no dragging involved, and we get into my bed, and again, it, it it's on, right? And it's going really well this time. It's going much better than the first the first two times we 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 tried to do this. Uh, however, I then hear the footsteps of my mother on the hallway, and I'm like, oh no! And we are like the the, the covers are on the floor. Totally exposed. I, as the door opens, like a ninja, managed to pick up the covers and chuck them over us. And (laughs) my mum sort of opens the door like a quarter of the way, doesn't really poke her head in because it's awkward as fuck, because it's very clear what's going on. And she says, Oh, um, you know, I was just up and I, I was just knocking on your door just to tell you that, you know, if you're still asleep, it's time for work. And I'm not to the same. Yep, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyway, anyway, my mum goes, the sex isn't, isn't, isn't happening anymore. Like, you know, my penis is basically inverted inside of me at this point. So, um, we, we, we stop having the sex and I'm, I'm like, this is just too awkward. Like I can't, we can't go down and have stairs have a breakfast or anything. Like my mum's here and she's just seen us having sex. So this can't happen. So sorry, girl, I nearly said her name then. Sorry, girl, you, you have to leave. And she's like, yeah, fair enough. I got to leave. So she leaves and I'm like, I can't stay here either. Like I can't, can't talk to my mum. So I just threw on a pair of jeans and some shoes it, like it was like really inappropriate work gear i used to have to dress smart for work and i was wearing like jeans and like trainers and might even be a t-shirt and i just left i just went to work just uh, i'm not not getting involved here anyway my mum bless her is retired or well, she just retired she'd been retired for like two months at this point maybe even 
less than that. So she was very bored. And I come home and me and my mum, very good British resolve. We we don't mention it. Good old solid Britishness. We don't we she doesn't say I saw you having sex this morning. I don't go, oh yeah, they're a bit awkward, sorry for all that. So I go to my room and I go to my room into the spare room. She's cleaned up the spare room. I'm like, fucking hell. We just left we left the condom on the floor. She's cleaned up my my condom. I'm like, fucking hell. So I go into my room and she's tidied my room as well, which to be fair, was not on. It's an invasion of my privacy. I was an adult. But then again, I was an adult living with my mum. So, you know, balance. And she, yeah, she's cleared up that condom as well. So two condoms on the floor, which are no longer there. So she's clearly found them, right? Anyway, we, we, we don't talk about it. So, you know, we get on, we get on with life for all of about an hour without mentioning it. And um, my mum's boyfriend comes home and he, he says, uh, Oi, Alf, <laughs> I hear your mum has to pick your johnnies up off the floor. <laughs> Awkward, right? Awkward as fuck. And my mum's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, you really should have picked that up, picked that up and cleaned it up. Especially if it's in the spare room. And I was like, well, you, you walked in. And like, it was, I was awkward like to go. And it turns out she didn't even see. She only opened the door like a quarter of the way. She didn't even know what was going on. She didn't even know that that's what, what she saw. So I left them there for nothing. I rushed for nothing. Anyway, that was quite a long one. So we'll, we'll move on to a, a, a less long one. I'm actually not even like a quarter of the way through the stories I've got. So I'll try and rattle through them a bit more quickly. Um, I matched with a girl on tinder this is a separate story that's the end of that one end of that one um i matched with a girl on tinder and she oh yeah we i didn't know her which is quite rare you know it somebody on tinder where i'm from i'm from the countryside you know you sort of you'd have like 30 mutual friends with everybody because even if you don't know them uh, so I didn't know her, but we did have a fair few mutual friends on Facebook and stuff. We matched on Tinder, all great. We got chatting. One thing led to another, and some some images on some Snapchat images were exchanged back and forth. So she's seen mine, and I've seen hers. That's where where we're at in this this little play. And one day, I, I was on my, my Snapchat story or something, and she texts me. She says, "Ah." Oh, I actually know you. And I replied, I said, look, you know, I, I don't, I don't know you. And she says, yeah, yeah, I do know you. I dated somebody who used to get on your school bus. Oh, oh, that's not too bad. That's fine. And she said, yeah. And there's another thing. <laughs> One of your step parents is my uncle. And I'm like, oh, this is horrible. She's my cousin. Oh, yeah. So that was the time that I sent a picture of my penis to my to my sort of cousin. Um, never happened again. Never happened again after that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that one. We'll, we'll move on. Thick and fast. These are coming. Poor use of the word coming. Yeah, sorry. Um. Anyway, speaking of poorly directed come, um, <laughs> I matched with another girl on Tinder. And we, we were keen. We were keen. Right? She, she was, I, I would say, not an attractive person. But I, A, don't discriminate. And B, 
realize what I look like. So, you know, grand, grand. So she is going to come over one Saturday. I have a hangover. She's going to come over one Saturday. So I like like tidy my room and stuff. Lit some candles, you know, make it nice for for her. Anyway, she gets lost on the way. She says, like, I don't have a lot of time. I've got to go go pick up my friend. I'm lost. I was living in, like, the center of the city at the time. I said, okay, that's fine. I'll come and find your car. We'll park up and we'll bring you back. Anyway, I'll go and find her in the car. And she's like, yeah, I've only got like 20 minutes. And I said, like, there's not enough time for us to park and walk back to mine and do it. And then you leave. Like, it's just not going to happen. So I said, oh, no, it's yeah, nice to meet you. This is a bit awkward though. So you know, I'll just get in the car and why don't we just go for a drive? So we we, we did. And then she sort of parks up to let me out after we've gone for this drive. And again, one thing leads to another. I don't really know exactly how this this situation ended up happening, but it did. One thing leads to another. And she ended up basically giving me a hand job in the car, like in public. Like this is not a secluded spot. This is like just parked on the side of the road in like an industrial estate. Yeah, and she did. And like... And I, like I finished like on onto my stomach and then it was like right okay well I'm done now she's like yeah okay well this is done I gotta go pick up my friend now and I'm like oh all right then so I had to get out of the car and like yeah covered in my own spunk <laughs> walk back to walk back to the flat and I get back my flat mate's looking at me like how did your date go? I'm like, oh, well, we went for a drive and then she gave me a hand job in, in, in the, in the car. And, um, he insisted on telling everybody that story so that there was no hiding it. So yeah, bit of a weird, bit of a weird one that she did that. Um, was something a little bit less weird. It happened quite recently. You know, I, I'm a casual Tinder user. I wouldn't say I'm really looking for, for love on there, to be honest. Um, or, or even or even sex, really. I'm, like, I'm not even really looking for anything. It's just, just a swipe thing. And anyway, I'm with this girl. She's a good-looking girl, but seemingly very nice. And she 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 texted me and she said, uh, "Oh, do you want to go out like now?" And I said, "Well, um, yeah, I, I, fine. I will come out with you now. Fine." So I did. We we I went out with her, and she starts talking we start talking to each other she says what do you do i said i'm a private investigator she said that's cool and i said to her what do you do? she says oh i'm uh yeah i'm into a lot of stuff <laughs> right she said yeah but my, my, like, my main thing is like i'm a dominatrix right and she was really like this really liberal person she was a really nice person right? but I, I don't know what to say i wish i'd have had time to prepare a list of questions anyway the, the evening goes on and she, her friends like turn up clearly because she wasn't interested in me by the way she wasn't she wasn't there looking and she works at like this this uh oh i don't know what they're called i'm gonna use oh they're not called brothels are they it's probably that's probably an insensitive word she worked at a sex shop i don't know like a brothel like you go in there and you pay women to have sex with you. i don't know what they're called and all of them turned up. I'm, I'm, sort of, I'm like sat there with all of these sex workers. I'm, like, I'm so uncomfortable. Like, and they're all talking about, like, 
work. And I'm there. I just thought, I've got, I've got to leave. And I left. I've never spoken to her since. But yeah, weird. I ended up going on a date with a dominatrix and I didn't have any questions prepared. Nightmare. Moving on. Uh, I might come back to that, this one, actually. Move on to the next one. It's not, not a particularly good story. So I'll move on to the next one. Oh, yeah. So there's this girl who, you know, I, I would say that, that her and I have slept together a few times. Not not just once or twice, like yeah, a number of times. And I went into her room, not not to do anything, just just because she was showing she's a friend, just showed me around her place. And we, she she says, "Oh, you know, look, I've got you know my desk set up." And I'm like, she just moved in. I've got my, my desk set up, my bed, and my stuff in the this new wardrobe and the rug. It's all nice. It's all the decor like I wanted to. And I'm like, "What is that? What is that thing?" on the ledge there on the you know on, on your shelf she says oh that's my sex toy I'm like, that's not a sex toy she says yeah it's my sex toy and it was a tentacle i've since researched this it turns out tentacle sex toys are extremely popular like they're everywhere people loads of people have tentacle sex toys and they shoot like goo at the end because people have fantasies about getting fucked by aliens and this girl did too. And I'm a, I'd say I'm a bit of a like, bit of a ordinary man when it comes to like this sort of stuff. I, I don't have any extreme fetishes, and I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. Anyway, that was just a small one. Same girl, same girl. The first time we ever slept together, she took out my member, and <laughs> she said, "Oh." nice and then she burst out laughing and I'm, there, I'm sat there like right I'm not claiming to be mandingo here right I'm not claiming to have the, the, the biggest most impressive penis in the world but what I would say is that it's not laughable right it's it's not one to go oh my god that is hilariously tiny like this is this is a, this is an embarrassment to you like it's fine unremarkable you know nothing wrong with it and she's laughing and laughing i'm like what's wrong she said nothing's wrong and she's just laughing anyway we carried on and she would never admit to me why she burst out laughing and you know this obviously just deepens my insecurities like the more this goes on the more insecure i become about you know what she's laughing at the size the shape the girth imagine laughing at the girth that'd be heartbreaking heartbreaking anyway she she actually told me that finally she she came clean and said yeah it it was nothing to do it was just a coincidence that it was at that exact moment but she sat up and it was the first time we never slept together so she's a little bit awkward and apparently she let out an enormous queef and i didn't hear it i was probably just too focused on like you know my penis and she's apparently let out this enormous queef and that's why she's gone oh Nice, and then laughed. And she claims to me that I must have heard it, but I didn't hear it. So I still think maybe she's laughing at the girth, which is very hurtful. It's very girthful. No, it's not going to work. Um, there was another girl, Tinder again. I went out with her, and I feel like she catfished me. Right, feel like she catfished me. She was all right in her photos. As I said, I don't really discriminate. I don't, don't really care about looks not not really 
but she got there and she was just bad like i just wasn't attracted to her there we go that's the, and i i would say that my tinder photos have always been a pretty accurate representation of what my face and body look like they're just a photo of me no filters no nothing just me right and she had not done that she filtered them she changed them i'm pretty sure she'd like i don't know warped them taking them with a fisheye lens i don't know i don't know but she she was awful right and to make matters worse she was boring as well. And she, I think she like, she only, she was, she was a drinker, but not like a heavy drinker. So we, she didn't want to get like, like hammered together. So I think she might've been doing like one Coke followed by one drink. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'll just, just, just have beers. I ended up having like, I thought if I just drink so heavily, then I'll be interested in her. You know, like I just drink, I just drink till I get the beer goggles on, and this will be fine. I'll just crack on with my day. But I got so drunk that she had to take me home, or I think she had to take me and put me put me on the train because I was so drunk that you know I was becoming a problem. <laughs> so I tried to drink to get myself up for it, and I went and just drink myself out of contention, which uh, was 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 very impressive. Another drunken story is that i <laughs> was out with friends and one of my friends didn't want to speak to girls which is fine i actually this is one of the very few times in my life that i've been keen to pull in a nightclub i al- almost always i've probably been to a nightclub maybe 150 times in my life. This is probably one of maybe two occasions that I've wanted to pull. And I I meet this girl and she is great. And my other friend meets this girl and she is great. And my other friend does not want to be involved in this at all. And unfortunately we are staying at his place. So he's sort of in charge of the evening and I'm hammered. And I'm I'm chatting to this girl and we end up kissing and I try to say to her, where do you live? Let's go back to yours. Let's go and have a nice time together. And I'm so drunk that I stumbled over the words. And by the time I'd regathered myself to try and say the words again, my friend came and yanked me out of the situation and says, we we, we have to go home now because I, I, I want to go home. So... We did, and I missed out on an opportunity because I was so drunk I couldn't get my words out. And like, I don't, I don't regret that. I don't regret that at all because I was clearly so drunk that I was I would have been unable to perform anyway. But yeah, so like ruined by my own drunkenness. Um, so sort of second to finally, I will tell the final story that I was that I missed out earlier, just just for funsies, you know. But this is the second to last then. Um, there's this girl and we went to school together and sort of throughout school we kissed a few times you know like, like you do you know you, at school you kiss loads of people don't you I reckon I've probably kissed like 15 people from school ridiculous too many too many right and but we kissed a few times at school I'm in a nightclub one night and this is years after this is like I was probably about 23, 
22. I was 22 when this came around, not 23. So this is years after school. I hadn't seen it for only five years, this, this girl. Anyway, I put something on my Snapchat story about being in the nightclub. And she's like, oh my God, I'm in the same nightclub. I was like, oh, this is great. So we, we'd reconvened. And I was thinking, yes, this is, this is perfect. She's dropped into my lap. So she's there. And, you know, we, we chatted for a bit. And we were kissing in the nightclub. We were dancing and grinding and doing all that sort of stuff. And it was great. And everything was, life was perfect. And we were drunk. It was four o'clock in the morning until somebody else showed up somebody who I did not want to see. And I didn't even know I didn't want to see them, but it turned out that I didn't. So I'm kissing this girl and I get a tap on the shoulder. Alfie! And it's this girl who I work with. I'd like to point out that I have a completely platonic, genuine, nice, normal, non-sexually charged friendship with this, this girl from work. She's just a nice person and we get on well. So she wasn't trying to sabotage my my time nor was i sort of thinking oh you know i don't want to be kissing this other girl in front of her because it might ruin my chances none of that right the problem was is that this girl from work was really 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 drunk and she'd managed to lose her entire group of friends in a different nightclub and was just roving across the nightclubs of the town to try and find them. That was her strategy, to go into all the nightclubs and see if her friends were there. So she says, I've lost my friends. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I re- that's sad. That's sad, but, you know, I'm sort of busy. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, no, you can't go. You can't be just going from nightclub to nightclub on your own. She's a very pretty girl. Not safe to be just wandering around on her own. So I'm like, nah. It's fine. We'll get a taxi back to mine. Not back to mine, back to yours, and then I'll go home. So that's what we did. I had to abandon my sure thing to take home a drunken colleague because I was sabotaged. Still bitter about it. Still bitter about it. that is one that is like one of those one that got away sort of situations. Absolutely furious. The the, the girl in question who interrupted it bought me coffee. And I haven't spoken to the other girl since. I think I tried to text her the next day and she wasn't interested because, you know, we were out of the zone. Fucking appalling. Appalling. So I will tell the final story. It's a bit of, bit of a convoluted one. So I, what I have to explain here is that I was not in the wrong. But it definitely seemed to everybody involved like I was the bad guy. Although, as someone said when I told the story recently... Maybe in this story, nobody is the good guy, and I'm sort of willing to accept that. But me and my friend, I won't even, I won't even identify this friend because I'm just not identifying anybody. We have a, an ongoing dispute as to who was at fault in this situation. So I will give these people covert operation pseudonym names, okay? So I am in this, so I'm Alfie. Right? I don't need a pseudonym name. You know I was involved. There's another girl, and we'll call her Gertrude. Probably should write these down. Um, yeah, we'll call her Gertrude. And there's another girl, and we'll call her Melanie. So we have Gertrude, and we have Melanie. And then we have my friend, and we'll call him Abraham. 
So the story starts months, months and months and months and months before it ends. Myself and Gertrude are at a house party together. And Gertrude gets her heart broken that night. She gets, no, she doesn't. I get hammered because that's what I do. I'm just a, I have a drinking problem. And I said to her, look, you know, you're, you're in no state. She was like crying and stuff. I'll take you home, gentlemen. And I was walking her home and we walked through like this park and we stopped at the park to sort of have a chat. We ended up chatting for like hours, you know, just, just shooting the shit, talking about our feelings and emotions in the world and how it's all unfair and all that sort of stuff. And Gertrude and I, you know, we, we ended up sharing a kiss at the park, which turned into more than a kiss. She kissed me elsewhere. That's what it turned into, which was great. But I'd like to point out that we are young at this point. I, we're, we're both 17 at this point. And she goes home. You know, nothing more happens that evening. And I go home too to my separate abode and <laughs> later on we're still chatting away like this is months go by we're still friends very good friends house on fire and she texts me she says Alfie I have the text I still have it because I refuse to admit I was wrong in the situation she says to me Alfie where do you stand on a night of sexual depravity no strings attached and i'm like yes yes i i I will do that i stand firmly behind you when it comes to that so so she comes over to my house and what's important to understand is that during these months i had become very well acquainted and i had decided that i liked melanie so Gertrude's there in my house. Melanie and Gertrude are best friends. Gertrude sat in front of me, and I'm thinking, she wants her sex with me. I can't do this. I like Melanie. So during, I cooked a dinner, and during this dinner, I said, just for the record, I like Melanie. And Gertrude says to me, you're just trying to wind me up. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. I genuinely do like Melanie. Anyway, it doesn't work. So she sort of like pounces on me. And I'm thinking like, I can't really say no at this point because, uh, well, you know, I've agreed to this like beforehand. So, and you know, it's it's only, it's it's a one night stand. Like who who gives a shit? It's not like I've agreed to be in a relationship with her. I don't owe her anything. I'm not using her. It's a one night, no strings attached, right? So it doesn't make a difference. So we sort of go on with it. And then a few hours later, we're sort of like about to do it. And I think, no, I can't, I can't go ahead with it. I just cannot do this. So I said to her, oh, look, sorry, Gertrude. I can't do this. Sorry, we, I don't have any protection. You know, it's too risky. We should just call it a day here. I don't have any protection. That was a lie. I had a lot of protection. I had, I told you earlier, I had a whole rucksack full worth of protection. But she says, 
No need to worry about that, Alfie. I bought some. Ah, fuck. So we got. I got my head down. And we, I did it. I did, did did the sex. She goes home. The date is important. The date is important. At this point, I just turned eighteen. It's December the twenty eighth. Three days later, I December the thirty first. New Year's Eve. We're all going to a New Year's Eve party. Me, Abraham, Gertrude, Bellany. Everybody. Everyone's going to this party. And I'm thinking, I really want to get together with Melanie on New Year's Eve. But I do understand that even though it was only one night deal, that might not sit too well with Gertrude. Anyway, midnight is approaching on the night. And Abraham is my friend. I would describe him as potentially my closest confidant. So I go to him and I said, mate, let me just do me a solid here. I want to kiss Melanie at midnight. I have to say, Abraham, you got to take one for the team. You've got to kiss Gertrude at midnight. So then it doesn't look like it's bad that I'm kissing Melanie, right? Because, you know, Gertrude's kissing Abraham, so who gives a shit, right? You know, we're all just kissing people. No big deal. Midnight comes around. At about three minutes to midnight, Abraham taps me on the shoulder and says, Alfie, I, I'm not doing it. I'm like, mate, you got to do it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm primed. I'm primed here. Anyway, he doesn't do it. So I don't kiss Melanie at midnight. Instead, I think I kissed Abraham. I think I think the two the, the two of us men, we, we had a kiss, which is fine. It's 21st century if I can get over it. And the night goes on, and the more alcohol that enters my system, the, the less worried I am about the whole Gertrude Melanie friendship dynamic being broken by by me. So I end up kissing and spending a lot of time with Melanie. And Gertrude sees it, storms off and goes home in a in what can only be described as a huff. Turns out that it wasn't a no strings attached one night of sexual depravity for her. It turns out that she was into me and that it was her first time. Now, what followed was a series of very brutal arguments. <laughs> uh, she screamed at me in front of the entire school. It was awkward as fuck. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is that I, this is a bit of a catharsis for me. And it's not really an embarrassing sex story because nothing really embarrassing happened. Point is... I was not at fault. This is, this is my case. I accepted a one-night stand when it was offered to me. I did the one-night stand. The one-night stand was over, and I then proceeded to go out and get together with somebody else who was not as part of that one-night stand and not part of the agreement. However, I did take into account that my I might hurt someone's feelings. So I engaged with Abraham, to take Gertrude out of the equation, to, to, to soften the blow for her, I had Abraham kiss her to make her feel better about me kissing Melanie. What a nice guy. But he betrayed me. He stabbed me in the back. I shouldn't call him Abraham. I should call him Judas. God, I wish I'd have thought of that earlier. Fucking hell. Judas. Abraham stabbed me in the back. And then the front. And then all over. Julius Caesar. Brutus. 
fucking missed a lot of opportunities for giving me a betrayal name. Yeah, he betrayed me. So, and ultimately, it was the girl's fault, Gertrude's fault, for arranging it in the first place. Why did she want a one-night stand? Why would she suggest a one-night stand when it clearly wasn't that way and it was her first time? And she was into me. Crazy. So, she was in the wrong. And Abraham was in the wrong. Potentially, I might have been in the wrong, but I don't say it. And to be fair to Melanie, she did nothing wrong. She didn't know. That is it. That is... That, <laughs> that is oh, and... If anyone knows me in the midst of this, you'll be thinking there is one story you did not tell that the mother of all stories, the mother of all healthy, embarrassing sex stories. And there's a reason why I'm not telling it. It's because the people involved are too close. They could be so easily identified and it could genuinely ruin people's lives. So I'm not telling that one, but, you know, it's a good one. That's all you need to know if you don't know me and you're listening to this. That's it. That's it. That was that was good. I feel feel better. I feel you know we've come a long way. Yeah, we've gone from. You know, I'll just do a quick roundup. We've gone from um, the first time I touched a girl sexually, I I spunked myself to a girl gave me salmon after intercourse to um, me not having sex with someone despite being naked in bed together with them, and then eventually having sex with them, fucking it up, so doing it again and getting caught by my mum who then subsequently cleaned up the mess. Awkward. And then I sent a dick pic to my cousin. Then got a hand job in a car and walked home with spunk all over myself. Then I went on a date with the dominatrix. Then I went to a girl's house and she had a tentacle for a dildo. Then, same girl, laughed at my penis. Probably. She claims that she didn't, but I think she did. Then we talked about me going on a date with someone trying to get drunk so I would go ahead with it and then getting too drunk to go ahead with it. Then we talked about me actually pursuing sex for once in my life and being so drunk that I couldn't get my words out to even say that I wanted it. Then we talked about me with a sure thing, girl who I knew, well in there, ruined by a girl from work interrupting me. And finally, finally, we talked about Abraham, my good friend, stabbing me in the back and betraying me as I tried to move on from a one-night stand to my actual sexual target. Sexual target sounds pretty pretty objectifying, doesn't it? Let's strike that from the record. Object of my desire. Sounds even worse. Sounds murdery. Anyway, we'll call it a day there. I hope you enjoyed that. I have absolutely no perception as to whether or not that was enjoyable. I know these stories. I don't know if they're actually interesting. But hopefully they are, and hopefully you got a chuckle out of that. I will be back next week with some other content. In the meantime, you may share this podcast with your friends, and you may follow it on social media. Um, subscribe on YouTube, that's a thing, apparently. I think I've only got like 20 subscribers. I w- would much prefer it if I had a million, so do go and do that. Um, have a nice week. Do do not have sex during this week unless you live with the person you're having sex with. Uh, if you are living with your family, don't have sex with them. Just pass the time. Listen to a podcast. <laughs>